0: Hello and welcome to News from the Nerds, your midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be covering the latest headlines from this week's news, including the tale of two sides for Ferrari, Aston Martin's difficult weekends and comments made about Sebastian Vettel, calendar talks that are in the works, Pirelli tyres that they have released, some comments about Lando Norris, and some exclusive news from Formula 2 and Formula 3. Now obviously I'm not doing this alone. But it is very strange because with me here today is only Grace. It is only us two girls here covering
1: the news. How are you, Grace? I'm good. I'm, miss, I'm missing the gang, but I feel like we've, we've got this covered. So, should we yeah. kick off with Ferrari? Yeah.
0: Australian Grand Prix. Charles Leclerc, he won and he has now extended his championship lead to 34 points. And I believe he got 71 points out of a total of 78 available. In the first I was gonna three say, rounds.
1: I've got a favorite fact about this, and I I worked it out myself. I did the maths. Charles Leclerc could be carrying the constructors' title for Ferrari because he has wow. seventy one points, and Mercedes have sixty five, and they're in second. How nuts is that? That's I just <laughs> <laughs> like. I I don't even think Max was at that or Lewis or I don't know. no no. I mean I also think, Mercedes yeah, Mercedes in second, they clearly don't have as bad a car as they think they do. Exactly. And um,
0: I'm I'm glad because having Leclerc up there and Science obviously Australian Grand Prix weekend, that wasn't his weekend. Oh, he ended he ended his point scoring streak. He finished every race last year, but this year he's already DNF'd, which is really sad because he does have a contract extension on the horizon.
1: So We talked about this, was it last week or the week before? And I said that Carlos Sainz is great, consistent, and he's just shut me up, hasn't he? I'd say it's a commentator's curse, but I'm not even commentating. I'm just sharing my opinions. And, well, that's proof that Carlos Sainz listens and he wants to prove us wrong. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think it's crazy how one team can be so far apart in terms of the two drivers I think we saw a little bit of Red Bull last year because Checo just wasn't really on the pace as much but obviously he is now and they obviously favoured Max not so much with Mercedes because I think Valtteri's proved that he can do it it's just that he never had the chance to do it because it's hard when you've got Lewis Hamilton as a teammate but yeah this one is like Carlos could have come second could have come third even like double podium for Ferrari would have been good but no he didn't get any points dnf'd i just think it's and it's clearly not the car like that car is a beast so it's clearly car loss which is really worrying having been so consistent and then not so it is
0: and david Coulthard, former f1 driver that we all know he has said that leclerc's performance gives him shivers and flashbacks to michael schumacher days now I was very young. Well, I, I'm still quite young compared to some of them. <laughs> when Michael Schumacher was racing. But Leclerc, he does seem to have what it takes to be world champion.
1: See, when I was growing up, and yeah, because we're very similar in age, Michael Schumacher was all the rage. All I heard about was Schumacher, Schumacher, Schumacher. I remember like on Top Gear when they revealed the stick to be Schumacher. That was just like, I, I loved it. <laughs> I don't know if Charles... Got that in him yet? He's certainly going about it the right way if he wants to get to that level. I do think the Ferrari helps because obviously you think of Michael, you think of Ferrari, you don't think of the first two years where he didn't win with Ferrari. But also, I just think David Coulthard, and I said this to you before, I think he's being a little fanboy and just liking who's in the lead because last year he was obsessed with Max and the Verstappen's, and I watched so many interviews they did together and he loves them. So I don't know, he could be right, he could be bang on the money and I'm not going to discredit what he says because he's an XF1 driver, he's driven at the same time as these drivers so he knows what they're like but again, he could just be being a little fanboy so yeah
0: Yeah, well as Leclerc said, it's still very early on in the season we've only had three races and have what, 20 or 19 still to go?
1: Yeah, it depends whether they replace Russia but yeah um, I like, I like that. It's it's humble of him. Charles is a very humble guy. He is growing on me. I've always liked him. He's just never been my favourite, but I think I can see why so many people adore him. He's lovely. He's really humble. He's got a lovely backstory to how he came to Ferrari and he's lighting the hearts of all the Tafosi. So of course he's going to be a favourite. But I like how he's saying that, whether he believes it or not, because when you Done so well in the past three races, you're going to start getting your hopes up. So I just hope for him that he keeps us cool because this is a really exciting era of Formula One. And I'm not a Ferrari fan explicitly, but it's nice to see Ferrari back on top.
0: Yeah, it is. I think it's very easy for them to get swept up in all the success that Charles is having and disregarding some other things. So I hope, like you said, they do keep it calm and collected and keep their wits about them, but know that they do have what it takes to at the front but it will prove to be very exciting
1: and i'm sure he's up to it i'm sure he's got a good head on his shoulders and if carlos can get it together ferrari have easily got the constructors i mean from what i said before they don't need carlos but it will help but yeah so it was a great weekend for Ferrari, but also an awful weekend for ferrari but (laughs) it can't be as awful as aston martin's They're the only team not to score points. I don't know if it's three races in, but like a Williams has got a point. Like, just come on, get your act together.
0: It is such a shame for Aston Martin, especially especially since Vettel had COVID for the first two, Australian Grand Prix, his first race of the season. And it was just disastrous for
1: them, wasn't it? Like, it's such, not even a fall from grace because he's not like Vettel hasn't done anything like a fall from grace is the wrong words it's just I don't even know it's just it's sad it's really really sad and like I know out of that team most of the fans are going to be supporting Vettel because he's been in the sport longer ex-world champion but it must be sad for Lance too like he's, he's a decent driver when he puts his mind to it bar what happened with Latifi this weekend so it just must be crap thinking that you you've in inve- fact well your dad's invested all this money in your team and you're the worst on the grid. So it's just yeah it's sad for all the people as well who work at Aston Martin cuz you want to be the best. I mean this is how Williams felt for years so someone's got to be last but it's just sad when you've got no points.
0: It is and whether it's aerodynamics or the Mercedes engine who knows? But with Vettel, Giancarlo Minardi, former F1 boss and president of the Emila circuit, has said that Vettel should retire. He has a lot of money. He has won titles, but he will never win again. Now, I don't think he'll necessarily be world champion again. Whether he'll win some races, I'm not sure. I think it's still early on in this season, in this new generation of cars to tell. But I would like to see him Still fight and still race. I don't want him to retire yet.
1: No, I certainly don't want him to retire. Um, Paul Paul DeResta said similar things in Australia, saying that he looked disinterested and like he didn't want to do it anymore. And part of me is like, I mean, you would be a bit sad if it was your first week back and you'd be so excited to go. It's a great crowd. You've got so many people there, even for the practices, and you don't do well in any session you are going to look disinterested, maybe not, he might not think it about all Formula 1, but that Australia weekend, he probably felt awful, and yeah, I mean, I'd be really sad to see him retire, Um, I think what Minardi said was a bit just weird, like, yeah, I think all the drivers have enough money, winning the world championship, you're gonna have lots of money, but people aren't saying that People weren't saying that as much about Kimmy. Yeah, people were saying, oh, he should retire. He's not going to win. But it, the running joke was that Kimmy's doing it for the, the, for the fun, for the love of it, for the hobby. Like, last year, there were so many memes before he announced his retirement saying Kimmy in 2050 doing it as a hobby. And I just think, why can't Vettel do it for a hobby for a few more years? He's clearly good enough. He's not going to cause any accidents or drama. Everyone loves him, I think give it a few more years, he might get some podiums like he did last year and go out on a high because if he goes out this year and retires like, some were saying he might retire mid-season. If he retires mid-season, that's just going to be, I just, yeah, I think it's sad for fans and for Vettel.
0: Yeah, I can't believe, I. he cannot retire mid-season. I do not want to see he that. He cannot same.
1: retire full stop. He'll never <laughs> retire. Not under think, my watch.
0: I think, one of the things that Vettel might struggle with is overcoming COVID because he did suffer badly from it. And we saw when Lewis Hamilton had COVID, you could clearly see after some of those races, Lewis looked absolutely exhausted. And whilst it is tiring racing in Formula One, well, I, I say obviously, I don't know that, but I'm assuming it is. Vettel could struggle significantly with the after effects from COVID. So, I think we definitely need to give him this season and a few more to see what he can do. He will be in the sport. He's a fan favourite after all, and he's very good at what he does.
1: He also just likes the sport. I mean, he's just, he's one of those few names that you pair with thinking about Formula One. Like I said, Schumacher and Ferrari. You think about Vettel and Red Bull and you think about Hamilton with Mercedes. They are the three recent names you really, really think about. and. I just, it would be so weird. Like Kimi was an end of an era, but he's retired before. Whereas this, this will be, it'll be different. And yeah, I guess what you said about COVID, like we just need to give them a chance. I mean, I don't know about you, but COVID wiped me. and now I'm nowhere near the fitness levels of Vettel, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't do sports for weeks because my fitness completely went. So I can't even imagine what he was going through. And he's like nearly double my age. So that must have an effect too. So give the old boy some credit. <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of things leaving Formula One, calendar talks. Tracks have been rumoured to join the the calendar and some have been rumoured to leave. Now, we confirmed a few weeks ago that there was a Las Vegas Grand Prix coming for 2023.
1: Still can't get over it.
0: (laughs) It will certainly be very exciting. And there is also the South African Grand Prix, expected for 2024. Now, I know Lewis Hamilton is very excited to return to South Africa after all this time.
1: Just a side note Formula E have said they'd be racing there. So I guess yeah. if the sport's back, it'll be nice to see it on, oh my God, every continent, main continent of the world. That'll be really nice because F1 is such a global sp- sport. But the South African Grand Prix was last held in 1993.
0: So it'll be exciting to see that. But with all these new additions, we know that Stefano Domenicali said there is the potential for a 30-race season. But some circuits will surely have to come off of the calendar, and there are some rumoured circuits at what could potentially be removed. Now, Paul Ricard is suspected to be the first one to go. But Spa and Monaco, and also the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez in Mexico, they were all rumoured. One of them has been confirmed at staying, and that is Monaco. The Automobile Club de Monaco has confirmed that Monaco will be staying on the calendar. Now, when I heard that Monaco was rumoured to be leaving, I was really shocked because for me, like when I think of Formula One, one of the tracks I think
1: of is Monaco
0: and Spa as well, but they are two of the biggest F1 tracks on the calendar, surely.
1: I literally laughed when I read the Monaco thing because yeah I guess maybe getting rid of Spa even though I'd hate it personally because I love Spa and maybe even yeah all these races but Monaco are you joking there's like such an icon I mean I've I've got poster of the Monaco Grand Prix like all that 50s style and it's gorgeous like but that's what you think of when you think of classic automobile racing so I'm glad that's been said that it's not going maybe not be the most exciting race but it's a classic I guess getting rid of Paul Ricard makes sense because people aren't the biggest fans, but then that means we wouldn't have a race in France, which I think, considering the history of motor racing and Grand Prix, it's 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 weird. It's like we're definitely entering a new era, not just of cars, but of Formula One and fans, because fans are growing everywhere and people are wanting new races where they live. And I completely understand that because everyone wants a piece of their own favourite sport. But when you're leaving historical tracks such as Spa and historical countries such as France, I think you should really con- reconsider it. I guess maybe a rotating calendar would work. But getting rid of the classics, I don't know. I mean, we've gotten rid of classic tracks before and they've come back. But yeah, And also on a little side note, if they got rid of the Mexican Grand Prix, I think I've cried. Because I wouldn't be able to see Checo's dad running around. Because I love that man with all my heart. (laughs) He's the happiest man in Mexico. And yeah, I just, it's it's a great thing having all these races. And I get the need for more. But it gets to a point where you are ruining tradition.
0: Yeah, well, obviously Formula One is growing. So having all these new circuits would be great. But like Pierre Gasly said, for France, Spa and Monaco, for him, France is his home race. So if Paul Ricard went, he wouldn't have a home race and neither would Esteban Ocon. Monaco and Spa, they both feel like home races and Spa is the closest to his hometown. Now, with Monaco, Zach Brown from McLaren has said that maybe the track needs to be adapted to fit the new cars because they are a lot bigger, so it is more difficult to race around the street circuit. So that could potentially be something that they look into for the future, but like you said, with the rotating calendar, I feel like that is one of the only viable options to include all the different circuits and make sure that some iconic and historic tracks within Formula One aren't removed from the calendar.
1: Yeah, like what Gasly said, I get that, and it's not just ah oh, him being not even selfish, just thinking about his personal reasons for wanting to race in France, and obviously Espanol. We've got like two French drivers now and there's loads in the lower formulas. We've had French champions, obviously Alain Prost. And French is just such a deep history with motorsport and F1 in particular. I think it'd be a real shame to see a race leave France. Whether it stays at the same track, I don't know. But then again, we have the introduction of another new track and it's just a bit crazy. But um, yeah, so why, why should we not have a race in France when there's two French drivers on the grid? three races in America when there's no American drivers I just think it's I mean yeah you're not you're not planning the calendar about who you've got on the track who you've got driving for you that year but it makes a whole lot of difference because the atmosphere changes it's really nice to see people rooting for home fans I mean we saw what it was like in Australia we saw what it was like in Zambo and Belgium because obviously Max is Belgian and Dutch and that was a bit nuts So I think it's really nice atmosphere and it'd be really sad to get rid of like Spa and Paul Ricard. I mean, Monaco's not going, but God, just, yeah, I've said yeah many times, but I just, I can't put my finger on it how crazy it is.
0: Well, with all the new races and that one issue would be the cargo delays. Now, last year we saw freight delays between Mexico and Qatar, I think it was.
1: There's some issues in Istanbul, I think, as well.
0: Yeah, and obviously testing this year has had delays. Yep. They missed one of the morning sessions. So, they still
1: doing well now, so <laughs> good are. on them.
0: The Gunther Steiner is worried that we could have a MotoGP kind of situation with cargo and equipment, where in Argentina, MotoGP had to cancel the Friday race because the equipment didn't arrive in time. Now, with Formula One... Obviously, we have practice sessions on the Friday, qualifying and FP3 on the Saturday and the race on the Sunday. So with all these different places, if there were cargo delays, that would seriously impact the calendar, especially if it was a double
1: header or a triple header. A hundred percent, especially with like flyaway races all around the world. And I know they've got it on a tight ship and I know the logistics have worked very smoothly for many races but when you're adding more races and more around the world it's going to be a lot harder and it's it, it, it won't benefit the teams i know the teams want to race in all these different places but if they're missing spare parts or even their entire car they're going to they're going to lose out and i think it's going to be really hard for the personnel because some of the personnel might get stuck i mean we've seen what happens with flight delays not all people get private jets i mean there's so many people working for one team surely some of them are going to get delayed and some of them could be really integral into a race weekend because who's who's going to change the tire during a pit stop if someone's stuck in california or in vegas and they can't get to i don't even know the calendar for 2023 but they can't get to brazil like it's it's just not going to work with 30 races but we'll see i mean Everyone's throwing out names for races, but they haven't actually come up with a proper plan to come to include all of them. So we'll just have to see as it comes. But one thing that I did think is this weekend we saw a really strange tire allocation for Australia. Those poor buggers at Pirelli are going to have to think of all the different tires for all the new races. So you're going to have to think about Vegas and the street circuit, and the abrasiveness, they're going to have to think about South Africa, and the climate, and all these new places that they're going to go to, they're going to have to think about all of these things, and that's another thing that will be thrown into the mix, so they've come out with the Miami ones, literally, I think yesterday, they showed us the tyre compounds, or it might have been today, and it is the C2, the C3, and the C4, so very basic, bog-standard, but. Spain is C1, C2, C3. So, a bit different. So, you've got all these variations between different countries, different climates, different surfaces. It's going to change so much and it's going to be so hard to work out the strategy for each week. Especially, say, say, if you do have 30 races, you're going to have to think of 30 different tyre strategies for qualifying and for the race. And I know qualifying has got the, rid of the Q2 rule, but it still matters which tyres you use because you're going to have to use them again. So, it's it's just madness.
0: <laughs> that is a key thing about the tyres. A very good point, actually, because we saw in Australia, the hard tyres didn't work for many on the grid. Apart from Albon, for some reason, that Williams worked very well on the
1: hard tyres. That man loves the hard tyre. Oh, my God. Because it wasn't like he was racing badly, either. He was racing decently. And also, apologies for my earlier rant about tyres and countries and personnel and logistics, I sound like Sam, or yeah, I sound like Sam.
0: <laughs> and with the Miami tires, I believe they are the same compounds that Pirelli have issued for Imola. So, in yes, that regard, are. in that regard, it is it's quite good because obviously the drivers know Imola; they don't really know Miami. So, having the same tire compounds, they'll kind of get a feel for how they work for the car. So, it'll be just it'll just be a matter of adapting those tires to the circuit. But it definitely be interesting to see how all the tyres work out in the new circuits and on the new tracks and like the climates, like you say.
1: Well, Florida's like really tropical, so it's a bit different to Imola. So it'll be interesting. They've also released the Monaco tyre allocation, and that's a C5, C4, and a C3. Now, we've talked a lot about the racing aspect of F1. We've talked a lot about tracks and tyres. But I think we forget that F1 has its drivers, and it's got humans behind the wheel I mean earlier we were talking about Carlos Sainz and obviously he's not going to be in the best mental state after this weekend but another driver who's suffered mental health and we've known about it because he's spoken out is Lando Norris and unfortunately last night while his friend Max was doing a Twitch stream he had a message saying I hope you die and he said that and people on the Twitch stream heard it I just I can't even get my head around it I think it's horrible. What do you think? Because I know you're a big Lando fan.
0: I am. And I feel like fans of Formula One sometimes often forget that the drivers are actually human, that they are actually people and they do have feelings. And Lando, like you say, he's spoken about mental health before. He was on the British morning show this morning and McLaren work with Mind, the mental health charity. So mental health is a big thing for McLaren and for Formula One in general. And for Lando to get that message, it's just shocking and horrific for them to feel like they can say that to him. And it's really, it's concerning because it does impact him. We know that. He said before, he doesn't go on social media that often or he has someone do it for him because he doesn't like the negative impact of it. And he doesn't stream as much on Twitch because of all of this hate and abuse that you can get online so I do really feel for him and I hope he's okay. And I I just couldn't believe it.
1: He sounded really sad when he spoke. And I think I think this all, not all started, because obviously everyone gets hate. Everyone, well, everyone in the public eye gets hate. It's sad, you just got to deal with it. But when it's at you 24-7, it must really bug you down. And I think at the start of his career, he was young, he was using social media loads. I mean, during lockdown, I and loved him and Charles and Alex and George. It was just, it was so much fun. And it really felt like this is a young generation I can relate to. And they were just enjoying social media, how every other young person does like, like I do. And then you can understand why he doesn't do that anymore. Cause I think people saw him as easygoing. He's a funny guy. Maybe he can take a joke or he's a funny guy good looking guy I'm really really jealous of him and they send him hate and it gets too much to a point that you could be the most easygoing person in the world that will still get you at some point I don't I just don't understand how it doesn't affect his performance because last year in the midst of his really great season he was getting tons of hate and tons of hate towards his girlfriend which I think is disgusting so I just I'm Impressed by him. He's a very strong lad mentally. And I just, I feel really bad for him.
0: Yeah, like you say, he deals with it very well. He is a strong guy. He doesn't let it affect his Formula One performance, which it could do. But I think everyone should learn that it is okay to speak out about mental health. Lewis Hamilton recently spoke out about it as well. And Nicholas Latifi also spoke out about the abuse that he got after Abu Dhabi. So, that really
1: upset me. Again, it is just,
0: It is really it, upsetting. Seeing people it, can't like,
1: make a mistake nowadays.
0: They can't, not without it being analysed or people tearing it apart. And it is just such a shame to see. So formula nerds are sending you something. All the love,
1: all the love. <laughs> yeah. um, should we move on to a happier note? Because I, I've been speaking, I've said the word sad quite a few times. And I, I want to be happy. So have you got any news for me? I do. I was part of the Formula Two
0: and Formula Three virtual media roundtable where I had the chance to speak to Bruno Michel, the CEO of both championships.
1: Now calm down, you're so cool. I am <laughs> so jealous. Was it fun?
0: Because it, it was. sounds fun. It was, and it was very interesting to hear what Bruno had to say. Now one of the things he said was for both championships, new cars will be coming. For Formula 2, there will be a new car in 2024, and for Formula 3, it will be the year after in 2025.
1: Question, are they going to be any faster?
0: Well, they. Bruno said it would be stupid of them not to move into the hybrid systems to stay close to Formula 1 because they very of much course. try to keep it. They try to keep the championship similar to F1 because obviously they're the feeder series. And another thing that they are key and key on bringing into Formula 3 specifically, is females. Which, as a female myself, I know that women can get a lot of hate for liking motorsport and we get told that we don't know much. But with the W Series, women have been breaking barriers in motorsport and we have the likes of Jamie Chadwick being this inspiration for young women who are interested in racing themselves. And Bruno said that one thing they want to make sure of is that the women are prepared. They know what they're getting into when they come into Formula 3. And whilst they have had some testing days before, that's not enough. So women in motorsport in Formula 3 is will be happening in the future, fingers crossed. I sure hope so. Bruno sure hope so. So that will be very exciting to see.
1: That will be amazing because I know W Series is great and it's really picked up in popularity and even credibility. I mean, it's it's amazing. But I'm so excited to see Chadwick get in there because I know she's going to bloody do well because she's amazing. And all the other girls in there are so good as well. I remember I, I think we got into a bit of a Twitter spat with someone who said that W Series wasn't worth it and all these women would do terribly in real, quote real series. So I think we went a bit in on them. But The point still stands. I would love to see them move into F2 and F3 and just show everyone that they're blooming good because they are, it's not, like W Series is not easy by any means. The racing in there is really exciting and you can't become a double champion of a series without being good. You just can't. And she's yeah, they're just going to smash it. So that's really excited me. So thank you for having that chat because that's some positive news, especially for us girls running the podcast. But I'm sure Sam and James will agree.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is very positive and very exciting. And it will definitely be interesting to see when that gap is bridged between motorsport being a male dominated with drivers and having the women enter the sport other than W Series, of course. So I believe that is all the news that we have for you guys today.
1: I think it is. I think if you want to keep up with news, you should check out our website. Obviously, you've got to plug the website. That's formulanerds.com or .co.uk. Whichever one you choose to put in, it should work. But yeah, I think that's all we've got time for. We've had a lot of different types of news, but I've really enjoyed it. And I think we should hopefully see some improvement with Aston Martin at Imola. And if we do then maybe i'll cry (laughs) thanks for joining me abby i've really enjoyed it thanks for having me it's been good
0: just having us but i do miss sam and james
1: yeah we will say that out loud i know before we started recording you said you didn't but um (laughs) thanks for listening and listen to us next week
0: Network.